1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE. Certified, hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. It's our birthday. 365 days ago, AutoCorrect premiered. Our goal was to educate our audience on automobile issues and provide an expert, that would be Allison, to answer questions. What do you think? We would love to hear what you have to say about our show we also want to thank those who became new mpb contributors during our pledge drive last week especially those who contributed during autocorrect a super big thank you to those who have been and continue to support mpb hey it's not too late we'd love to have you go to the web page mpbonline.org and click support at the top of the page. Allison and I are eating our birthday cake. We've got a yummy lemon one, but this show is no lemon, Mm -hmm. but a bump. (laughs) (laughs) But we'd love for you to give us a call this morning and um, let Allison help you with your auto problems or tell us what you think about autocorrect. Our number is 1- 877-672-7464 877-672-7464 you can also send us an email to auto
2: at org. well allison how has your year gone oh it's been awesome doing this has been just absolutely amazing it's it's uh it's a real relaxing fun thing for me to do Um, to get up here and talk cars. I have so much car info in my brain all the time. I mean, I dream about it at night. I had a long dream about going to an English old vintage car show uh, last night. And uh, I dream about racing cars sometimes and stuff like that, and then get out and actually race. And uh, so all this car obsession has an outlet, and that's worked really, really well for me. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: And you know, we i went through and looked at all of the shows that we've done, and it's—it's oh, yeah. it's, um, been you know pretty interesting. We started out. We talked about um, uh, ASC certified some discontinued cars gasolines sounds that your car make and maintaining your car uh, all of that boom that was fantastic information to to learn it for me to research and then to share with everyone
2: Yeah, there's so much to talk about in the automotive industry, so I feel like we'll never have a a need for another topic and to be really searching for them. There's just so much information out there, and there's so much things that I think benefit people to listen to and and hear about on the show, and... uh, that, that are, is very informative and, and everything, and it's things you would never, ever think of that you, you might want to know about your car. Yeah, the, I, I loved learning
1: about the ASC certifications and the different specialized uh, mechanics. You think, oh, you're a mechanic. No, you're not just a mechanic. Maybe you
2: do transmissions or brakes or, you know, this or this or that. Yeah, yeah, and... Um, I've kind of added a new specialty with doing a comprehensive maintenance um, inspection that I do myself is a main part of the business that I do, um, and doing pre-buy inspections and lessons and everything. So that's a niche area too. There's all these little niche areas in automotive that that you don't even know exists in, until you have an expert talking about it and saying, "No, for electrical problems, go over here. For alternator problems, go over here." And that. Um, really helps people learn about different things and how to get their car serviced well we've got some calls on the
1: line they'll either be well wishers or shoulda woulda couldas or questions about their car let's first go to whoops let's go whoops i did this wrong oh dear hang on Uh, I'm going to need Michelle or uh, Java or Jay to help me put uh, Jimmy back on. We'll go to Roger in Florence. Roger, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead.
3: Well, thanks for what you do. Sounds like like fun. I'm a tinkerer, and so I used to try to fix things. I have almost quit doing that. But I've got a question that uh, your, your guest probably can answer. But it has to do with a 10-cylinder Ford, uh, what do they call it, more, that 10-cylinder Ford engine.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've, I've so done more. a couple of oil changes for a customer, regular customer of mine on those. takes a lot of course.
3: Yeah, yeah the, the oil change is difficult on this particular. It's an F53 chassis. It's on an RV.
2: I did. A, it's an RV on the one. It's easy though. I'm not sure what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's, if, you, if you just drain the oil, it goes right smack on. It. Well, I guess it, maybe it's the oil filter. It goes right smack on a large frame member, so you got to. Okay. And that's the oil. It's the oil uh, plug, so I had to devise a panda. Stick up under there and divert that oil so I can catch it and not dribble it all over. Huh?
2: I don't so, wonder. I wonder if yours is slightly different. It's a little it's really, different, I guess.
3: Yeah.
2: It's possible. Uh, anyway. And then I used to. I worked for Ford back in the day, and I got to drive quite a few V tens, and they're awesome car, but they get like five miles per gallon, literally.
3: Oh, yeah, maybe six or seven.
2: Yeah, real bad. <laughs> yeah.
3: Now this one has 32,000 miles on it. And I always used to drive it. Well, my wife was living 50, 55, maybe sixty, and, and everything's just wonderful and smooth. I took a trip by myself in the spring this year, and I drove because I was out in Texas and Oklahoma, and everybody was zipping by me. So I was driving seventy or seventy-five, and it would cut. It, it didn't really cut out, but it would, but it, it would hesitate. It didn't run very well at high speed. I have figured that it must, and it probably is, well, may also be several things, but probably a fuel filter.
2: Yeah, that's so, a possibility.
3: You know, uh, I bought a fuel filter. i thinking, you know, I, I'm still a tinkerer. I can get in there. And, <laughs> well, uh, the problem is these modern, well, those engines, as you know, have a, they don't have a normal, a little clip that you can undo on both ends of the filter and take the filter. They have a special little clip that almost takes a special tool.
2: Are you talking about the quick disconnect?
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, I hate those. I I I literally cringe sometimes when I, I have to work on a Ford to have to deal with the quick disconnect. Sometimes you can get them to pop easy, but sometimes... They just won't. And you do need special tools to do the quick disconnect. Well, and it's called quick disconnect, but it's actually not. <laughs> well,
3: thank you for that, confirming that. That was my suspicion. And I
1: chickened out. I haven't done it. So. So,
2: well, it, it's, they, you can go to O'Reilly's and you can get the, um, the little set that's it's black with the white ones on it, the different quick disconnect sizes, and I found that that set works pretty well. So that's just a tip for that, for the... Uh, fuel line on there.
3: As far as a general tune-up goes, is it time at 32,000, do you think, for for spark plugs? I I thought I was going to do that, too, but I heard that you try to get old spark plugs out of that engine, and you're going to break one out of ten, at least, and then you're really in trouble and all that.
2: uh, Oh, I haven't heard about the V10s having that problem that the other Triton engine has of, uh, for the three valve engine, that you can break the spark plugs off easily, you might want. Uh, if you want to, you can email, and I can research that for you and look it up. And email us at auto at mpbonline.org org. But I, mean, I might
3: have that rumor may not apply to that particular engine. It
2: may not. I've never heard of it applying to the V tens. It's just one of the the V eight lines that Ford had, but. Um, as far as knowing when your spark plugs are due if it's running bad they're due like if it's a rough idle more than likely you've let it gone too far the other thing is looking on your maintenance schedule that came with the vehicle and it'll tell you when your spark plugs are due you can pull one and look at it too you know that pull one and see how big the gap is has opened on it and if it's too far or not
3: it runs real smoothly except at high speed so it may be a combination of things and I don't I haven't found a place that I will take it and work on it. Some of the Ford places say, oh, we don't have a, we can't put it up on the wall, or we don't have a place for this RV, and so I don't know where to take it. Well,
2: it seemed like the Ford dealership could take it.
3: It won't. It won't. That's unbelievable.
2: <laughs> it is unbelievable.
3: <laughs>
2: that's, that's something else. Uh, I don't particularly know of a shop, um... I, if you email us, I can recommend a, a shop that I do like that might be able to. They seem to um, to be able to handle a lot of different things. I don't know what would be going on with it. I don't know if it'd have to be on a scan tool, but I, I hate that you're having that high speed problem with it. It does. It does kind of sound like a fuel filter, possibly. But at 33,000 miles, you really shouldn't have the fuel filter clogging up. I think something else is going on. Thank you, it.
1: Roger. When And remember, send an email to auto at org, and Allison can uh, to get some information for you. We're so glad that you called in. Let's take one call before our break. Let's go to Jimmy in Greenville. Jimmy, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead.
4: Hey, how you doing
1: we're fantastic. It's our birthday, and we're glad you called in.
4: Okay. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. All right. Uh, the day before yesterday, I was driving from Jackson, and all of a sudden, I've got a 2016 Cadillac XTS, and all of a sudden, I got a message saying, service power steering, and right after that message appeared, the power steering became harder to steer so I immediately pulled over and I turned off the uh, engine and immediately turned it back on the message went away and there was not a problem with the power steering
2: well it sounds like you just had a glitch it is electronic power steering that's um, on that one I'm assuming. Right. 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 Okay. And it sounded like it glitched, but if it doesn't happen again, I wouldn't worry about it. But um, I had a friend that had to replace electric uh, power steering pump on their van, and it was real expensive. So hopefully you don't have that problem again. For everyone listening out there, you you can have a check engine light and something glitch. And I've noticed it really bad with GM products where you'll get a check engine light for something. And then you can clear it, and it never comes back on. So their okay. systems tend to get be a little glitchy, and it'll just okay. set a code, and then th- thankfully yours came back off, and your right. power steering returned. right? Right, right. Okay. Right.
5: Okay.
6: All right. Thank you.
2: You're All welcome. Right. Thank you, Jimmy. We appreciate you calling in.
1: Uh, we're going to continue our birthday party and when we come back from the break. But if you have a problem with your vehicle, that's our whole point of our show. As Allison is here to help steer you in the right direction, you can give us a call, one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You could also send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org is your car under recall we'll have a list of ones that are when we come back you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
0: listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Autocorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, find our podcast, our On Demand. And if you're listening to this On Demand, we would love for you to email us and let us know... Uh, what you're doing while you listen to our podcast here are the recalls for the week there's quite a few the 2019 BMW i3 and i8 the electric motor electronics module needs to be replaced the 2019 Rolls-Royce Cullinan the brake lights may not be bright enough here you go there's a software update available for everyone in Mississippi who has the 2018-2019 McLaren Sienna, the dealer needs to reroute the engine harness. The 2013-14 Ram 1500, 2500, and 3500 pickups, the tailgate latch needs to be replaced. Now, there are 3.5 million, listen to this, 3.5 million 2014 to 2018 Cadillac, Chevrolet, and GMC SUVs and pickup trucks. The electronic brake control module needs to be reprogrammed. The 2018 Chevrolet Malibu. The engine control module software needs to be reprogrammed, but this is my favorite. The 2020 Buick Enclave and Chevrolet Traverse. The right-hand frame rail in the engine compartment may be cracked, and dealers may need to replace your SUV for free. The whole SUV. The whole SUV. So there you go. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, NH. TSA.gov slash recall and you put in your VIN number. I bet a lot of people are going to go in there with a hammer and (laughs) I'm just thinking (laughs) well now it's only the 2020 ones so maybe some of them are still at the dealer. But uh, the uh, maybe cracked reducing crash performance and increasing the risk of an injury. Yeah I would think so. Let's go ahead and go to Charlotte, who's calling in from Cleveland. Charlotte, thanks for calling in on our birthday. We're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Happy birthday, and
7: uh, I'd like to say I am a six-shift driver. I'm a Corolla S-Sport, five-speed, six-shift. And I read in a publication from, I found in a convenience store back in the 90s, that Skipping the even-numbered gears just using 1st, 3rd, and 5th helps get better mileage, and I do that as long as I don't drop under 1,500 RPMs. That My dad taught me that as a teenager, so is that okay for the car because I do that, and does it really help me get better mileage?
2: I would assume it lugs the engine a little bit, puts a little bit of um, pressure on it more than it would if you went through each gear, but this is the question. Did it actually get you better gas mileage? I would have done it for a week or something like that and then filled up and done it the regular way for a week and compared them. Did you see a difference in it? Did you do that? According to
7: my digital display on my dash, I do uh, get a little
1: better but i haven't actually manually checked it myself i might do that okay oh i want to try this this sounds like an interesting test
2: yeah i like experimenting with stuff like that so i'd be curious but i've never heard of that myself though so folks want to try that out and see if they get better gas mileage um there's a reason there's that many gears it helps your engine out so it may not be worth it to do that to save that little bit of extra gas mileage and the corolla gets really good gas mileage anyway so you know that's just something to think about that it's lugging your engine a little bit more you need those extra gears so that's just something to think about
1: okay thank you you're welcome well charlotte that was so interesting i i want to i want to experiment i want to see about that just for a week just to see how it does that's interesting. All right. Let's now go to Michelle from Ocean Springs. Michelle, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Good morning and happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, I have a 2015 uh,
5: Hyundai Elantra. It's been a good car, no problems. But recently, my front window inside is getting this, this film, and we've changed the cabin filter so we know that that's clean. Um, I'm bringing really it in for some just routine service on Saturday, and I wondered if maybe you could help me if there's something
2: more I need to look into. Did you say on the inside of the windshield? In the inside of the front windshield, yes. Inside I mean, the it's windshield. the back windshield a little bit, too. I mean, it's like the, the film
5: slopes that way, but the front windshield is, can be quite annoying. I mean, it really fogs up. And it's a film. It doesn't go away. I have to actually take windex and a cloth and wash
2: it off. Um, i tell you something that happens to cars. Um, the inside windshield gets off gases from the dash and that's what makes them, uh, have a film on it and that you have to clean off, um... Uh, I wouldn't know what to do about that except maybe to leave your windows open overnight and see if you can air it out and then when you get up in the morning clean the windshield with something really good um, maybe vinegar and water or Windex or use an auto glass cleaner from the auto parts store that's specifically for and that is,
5: is very efficient the car is in the garage all the time it's
2: not kept outside maybe and crack your windows and see if that would Help. This is just a suggestion. I really don't know if, if that would help. So, but maybe the dashes in the the Hyundai Elantra off gas more so than normal. But they well, all off gas a little bit. Yeah,
5: it just started doing this, and my first reaction was pretty much what you just said—that it could be a result of the heat. Of, you know, the wind coming through the windshield. Uh, because I don't have one of those aluminum things that I use. Because I.
2: I don't. <laughs> yeah well yeah if you're in the garage all the time but it, it'll off gas regardless of the sun being on it so I'm not real sure. You can also clean your dash with an anti-off gassing cleanser. Um, it'll say it on there. I, I can't remember exactly how they word it but um, that may help. Now these are just suggestions otherwise I don't know what's going on with it. So, okay. so if I go to an
5: automotive store and I ask for an off gas Cleaner, they would be able
2: to help if, if they knew what I'm talking about. There's so many products in the auto parts store that some people don't know them all. Okay, but um, look, at, look in there and look for just when you look at the dash cleaners, most of them have that on the front label. It okay. says something about the about the off gassing of the dash okay. and not leaving film and stuff. Yeah. Well, it we just started doing this, it hasn't done this in years past, and as I said, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it might be just this extreme heat. Thank you it very may much be for you. Yeah. <laughs> it is extraordinarily hard <laughs> yes it
5: is thank you so much for your help. I enjoy your show thank, thank you, you, Michelle.
1: We appreciate you calling in. I know uh some of you kids aren't too young to know, but the summer of eighty was so hot a lot of people's dashboards cracked oh. from the sun mm-hmm. that was yeah. that was like a multi hundred doll- hundred degree uh
2: Days in July. It and was in 1980 specifically? Yeah, that, yeah, year. that, that summer. I'm yeah. Thinking about the different cars, I know that Dash cracked. I've yeah. had a few <laughs> old cars. All right. we are. It's our birthday
1: today. AutoCorrect was started 365 days ago to bring you automotive information and to let Allison answer your questions. So we're now going to go to Carl in Memphis. Carl, thanks so much for calling. in today. What's your question or comment?
8: Well, congratulations. I am a regular listener. I have a 1998 Buick LeSabre with the um, GM passkey system. I replaced the uh, the tumbler or the the ignition switch to resolve the problem with it starting intermittently because of the security system. And it started a couple of times it's fine and then all of a sudden it's it behaves as if it doesn't even recognize the new key or anything it's back now it's worse than it was actually
2: wow we need wade on that if that if you think that's what the problem was that that sounds like a locksmith question carl and i would call well, one I, in your I mean, local the, area I, I
8: replaced the entire ignition switch so uh, with the with the new blank that, you know, that comes with the switch, right? And I went to GM so they could test the old one and max the resistance.
2: Ah, uh, um, yeah, the resistor and, in it. Yep.
8: Yeah, and it's it's like I said. Now it won't start at all. It started twice, but then it, as I was putting my tools away, I said, "Let me check one more thing." As I
2: would want things. to check when you put the. When you turn the key to the start position to start, to check and see if you're getting power down to your starter, that's one thing to check.
8: Well, it's flashing. It's, it's signaling that, it, that it's acting like the car is being stolen. So the security oh, lights are okay. flashing. and it, And the uh, door chime is still dinging. Uh, it's, it's going through all the... Um, I know
2: there. I wonder small if it might need to be copies. reset again or something like that. Well, I looked for
8: resets, but according to everything I could find, there there's no reset for that system per se because it's really not computerized as much as it is in electronics. But there are okay. two small copper strips in the actual um, steering column that if I'm. I'm I'm assuming they have to make contact when I turn the tumbler, and I was wondering if, if that'd be the possible.
2: I'm or not so. sure. I you might can, if you feel comfortable taking that tumbler back out and check that out. But otherwise, at at this point, I'd probably want to take it to an alternator starter place or something like that. Uh, oh,
8: the alternator and the starter been checked. There, those are okay. Well, they
2: do Easy. electrical diagnostics on no start okay. problems. So that's when I, when it gets hairy like that, and then you're guessing, and you've already done one repair, just to keep from doing another. That, or take it back to a GM dealership and have them look at it. Uh, other than that, I don't I don't know what it could be. I don't know what it would cause because the initial problem wasn't completely diagnosed. Apparently, if you changed out the ignition cylinder and it didn't fix it, so it kind of well, that, leaves it I'm up I'm in the it, air. It, it
8: behaved. It. it would. It worked fine at first, but then it just started back. Act wonder if okay. that
2: ignition cylinder acted up, or if there's something in the programming that might need to be re- reprogrammed. I know those keys have to be programmed in because of the resistance in them, but that's when you get a new key and not an ignition cylinder. So I'm not real sure on that.
8: Well, I I, repl- I replaced the key to match the new. Okay. Um, the new ignition switch.
1: Well, Mm, I don't know, Carl. Allison. uh, Allison's usual advice is to to test, test, and and retest to make sure what you're replacing is defective. Um, So, yeah, before you replace it, but but yeah, but to to save you any extra effort, uh, you know, try try to get it tested at some of the places. Allison suggested. But thank you so much and we we are sorry that uh, you're having this trouble. Uh, Allison did mention Wade Wade Jones from ABC Lock and Key was a guest on our show. Uh, and you can still find that on our on on demand on our podcast on our webpage. It, autocorrect mpbonline.org we're talking about autocorrect and its first birthday we're taking your car repair questions after the break our number is 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672-7464 you could also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that after your break. Here's a birthday tune for your drive. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
6: Like I said, we the best. I don't I want no cake on I don't want
4: no cake run
1: Thank you for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. Real quick, Kelly, thanks for emailing us the website to find recalls. It's the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Their website is NHtSA.gov. Slash recalls, and then you just put in the VIN number for your car that you can find on the dashboard or on the side panel of your front door, or it's usually on your insurance card. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than overall much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today we're going to caution you about the Dodge Journey, the model year 2009. Their worst problem is the brakes. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car suggests consumer reports. com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. He recently has reviewed the Ford Ranger, the 2019 Ford Ranger, the 2019 Ford Shelby GT350. Uh, It's our birthday. It's AutoCorrect's birthday today. We We started 300. Hundred and sixty-five days ago, and we're so excited to take your take your congratulations and your questions. That's the whole reason we're here is so Allison can share her hard-earned knowledge with the world. So let's go to Jim in Oxford. Jim, thanks so much for calling in to autocorrect. Go ahead.
0: Well, congratulations. What a great show uh, and happy birthday.
2: Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: Uh, Allison, I got a, a question kind of along the same lines as Carl, but a little different spin to it. I've got a 66 uh, Mustang, it's an inline uh, six, and I drive it on the weekends. Um, but this summer, I've started having some battery problems, and I'd replaced the battery back in the spring. So it's a brand new battery. And uh, there have been at least two occasions now where I've gotten in and tried to crank it up and everything's dead. Take it into uh, Advanced Auto, they'll recharge it for me and even replace the battery back in July, the one that I bought in spring. But um, I, I've got something pulling the current and, uh, and all of the juice out of the battery, and I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that because. I just had it recharged uh last week and this past weekend got in, and everything's completely dead, so I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that
2: oh okay, well, I'll tell you uh something that i I ran across one time was a little tip. I don't know if it this this will apply to a car that old though, but what someone did to find a parasitic drain where it's pulling on their car is to turn the car off. And then put a thermo reader and, and hit each fuse until they find the one that's still hotter, that's hotter than the rest of them, that's supposed to be off. And uh, I was able to do that on my Dodge van and tracked it down to a window uh electric window and lights circuit. no it's an electric window and my wiper circuit on my dodge van has a parasitic drain do you think that's something you could do mm.
0: Um, yeah, I think I can. I just, <laughs> anything to, to find the culprit, uh, short of, uh, replacing the wiring harness would be okay with me.
2: I no, know. You, in a car like that, you should be able to track it down a lot easier than mine. What I do is just disconnect the battery on my car because it's, uh, so annoying. But, and then it's harder to find on the wiring harness packed in all to that van and everything. But on yours, you, you may be able to track it down easier once you find out what circuit the problem is and you probably don't have as many circuits and overlapping circuits as i do in that dodge van so hopefully you'll be able to find it quicker but that's just one little tip for finding a parasitic drain the other is to run a multimeter in between your positive cable and your positive terminal on your battery and see uh, what system is you keep pulling the fuses till you find a no, till you find the fuse where the amp is still pulling too many amps for the car to be off. It shouldn't be pulling but like 0.5 amps per system, if that. And when you find one that's pulling more, then you know that's the circuit. That's another way to, to check for parasitic drain. So that's that's two tips to help you figure out that problem, and hopefully you can find it easy.
0: I hope so. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. And uh, again, congratulations on the show. Uh, I hope y'all have many more birthdays.
2: Thank you. Me too. Thank you, Jim.
1: We appreciate it. We also got a, a birthday congratulations from Michael and email. Hi, Allison. It's been a year already. Wow. Went by so fast. Thanks for the help. For the helping us with our rides. Nice. All right. You're welcome, Mike. Let's go to John. John, who's on the road, be careful. And uh, we are so glad you've called in to autocorrect. Go ahead.
9: Uh, yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, I have a 2002 Mercedes Benz ML 320. Well, one day I arrived on the road, suddenly I feel, you know, it's pulling back real bad. And so I pull over the side of the shoulder and I realize, you know, smoke coming out of my brake. So I kinda easy up to the house. And next day I come back, I ride with normal again, or suddenly it locked it up. And now this time it's all the light on my desk coming on. ABS, SDS, EPS, everything coming on. I don't know what's going on.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
9: I mean, hold that for lid up.
2: Is it still pulling?
9: Well, I, you know, I mean, um, if I power overnight, I come out, I start it, I ride, it's okay, but soon I hit the brake, it lock it up.
2: What do you do in driving this car with major brake problems? <laughs> Why well, I don't
9: ride, I might ride my Porsche. There you go. It
2: <laughs> well, um, it sounds like maybe a caliper is sticking or a brake line has collapsed that's my guess on it possibly a caliper it's sticking closed and so it's just holding pressure um so you need a a good thorough brake check out on that vehicle to see what's going on um and you know not just replace parts but to actually diagnose it and see what the problem is and it's probably going to have to be put on a scanner tool too to read that abs code that's come on and while that light is on it's turning the system off so you don't have abs so it tries to prevent you having further problems on it but since that abs is off and it's still intermittently pulling on one side uh, it's probably a brake caliper and sometimes when it's pulling on one side constantly and then you push on the brakes and all of a sudden it pulls to the other side you know that the the Brake is pulling on the side that that normally is driving on. If that's not confusing enough, I don't know what is. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, kind of hard to explain. You you need someone to diagnose the brake system properly, though.
9: Yeah, I got a mechanic come over. I mean, an on call mechanic. You know, he worked for the uh, Porsche and uh, stuff like that, and he would bring the machine come over and he diagnosed it. Yeah. And after he plugged it in, he checked it in and he cleared the code out. But only thing he cannot clear, and he said, you know, say something with the ABS. And I said, can you give me the code? And he said, well, we don't give no code. That's problem I have. It keeps the ABS, so I don't know. Either the sensor on your, around your hub when bad one of them, or maybe just your pump, your ABS pump. But he cleared the rest of mile and said, okay. So next day I come out and start it up. Well, he didn't start fire, put it in the gear, it rolled fine. And soon I apply the brake. Break lock up. <laughs> Sound like
2: he's more correct than I am because he, he's put it on the scanner that it's the, the, the ABS sensor is yeah. acting up or the a pump itself. But I would bet my money on that sensor because they do tend to go out on cars. Okay. That's a real common problem. But it would tell you, it would at least tell you what wheel the sensor is acting up on. So okay. you should be able to. But I don't know. I'd have to see what that scan tool said. So yeah. if he hadn't figured it out, I'm not sure. It sounds like a, a problem. Maybe Google it and see if there's a common problem with the brake system on that ML and see if you can kind of pinpoint it that way.
9: Yes, I did Google it, You know, but everybody, I mean, every website or even on the mercedes van Forum, they all pinpoint at the uh, ABS motor pump, the little pump in front of the pump, the little electric motor. It, Everyone say that pump. Shouldn't we oh. play that pump? All the light went out.
2: <laughs> oh, so it's a common problem with the ABS pump coming going out. That's uh, usually an expensive repair. But um, I know
9: it a pump, the motor. It's another pump, but the electric motor that's riven the pump. That what they, you know, I mean, every website I went into, that what they told me, not also YouTube and they keep pinpointing uh the,
2: Yeah, the they motor have pump. a control module that, that controls the actual little pump itself. Mm-hmm. But um, good luck with that. It sounds like you kind of have an idea of what it may be.
9: Okay. I thought you maybe you guys know more. But anyway, thank you for your help. No, it I sounds like you've got it.
2: it. That's 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 the same process that I would go through to find it. So you're you're headed in the right direction. Thanks, John. We uh, we appreciate you calling in. How how
1: lovely that John has a concierge. Was it the the Porsche mechanic that came to on his call. home on call? On call, You, you should you should put concierge mechanic on your business concierge. cards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we will take some more phone calls. So Freddie, James, and Joan, hold on. We're taking your repair questions. We're taking your good birthday wishes for us on our three hundred 65th day of AutoCorrect Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING You could also send us an email auto at mpbonline.org What's coming up? We'll tell you what's coming up for AutoCorrect. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio
0: listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Autocorrect. Now, if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. We want to tell you two quick dates. We're going to... We're on the move. Now that we've had our first birthday, we are going to go out and meet the people. Allison and I are going to go to Gulfport. We're going to do the 10th annual View the Cruise. This is the weekend before Cruising the Coast starts. Saturday, there's going to be some concerts and a cardboard cruise. And then Sunday, Allison and I will be there with our MPB tent. We'll have some MPB swag to hand out. Um, there's also going to be uh, some more concerts Saturday. October. Did I say the did I say the date? This is a su- Sunday, October sixth, in Gulfport, in downtown Gulfport. So you'll be hearing more about that before we get to October. But uh, there'll also be thirty vendors at uh, the historic train depot downtown, plus all the restaurants and bars.
2: And what are we doing in the Jackson area, Allison? For Eurofest coming up, that's um, October 12th and 13th, 11th and 12th. And that is awesome. Like, that's such an amazing show. I have so much fun there. I'll be judging there. We'll have a booth there for autocorrect, so please come by and see us. And also, at one point during the day, it'll it'll be announced later on, I'll be doing a Ladies Under the Hood series where we'll talk about things under the car, checking your fluids, where's your air filter, what's your brake fluid reservoir look like, and and go over different parts of the engine. And it's based for ladies, but anyone can come. But, um, that's so that gives us something fun to do while while it's, it's majority men looking at the cars but amazing cars at Eurofest. and i think even if you're not a huge car fan you would enjoy just getting out the dreaming. party there's people dreaming uh, there's so many beautiful beautiful cars out All there right. so. well you'll hear more about this as as we go along let's go
1: to freddie in vicksburg freddie we're so glad that you have called in go ahead
4: uh good morning and happy birthday to you. I'll enjoy listening at you. And I would just like to know could I share a couple minutes on a couple of things that problems that some people was having? Yes, please. Okay, I only gentleman that had the car because 'cause I'm a old school mechanic for about forty years. I only gentleman that had the car with the uh where he changed out the key tumbler, key assembly, and the uh I think he said he changed out his ignition switch. He needs to target his security system on that car because the security system probably um went into a default mode on it and it's recognizing the car as being stole. So it gon no matter how many keys he put in it or how many times he reset it, it gonna still recognize the car as being stole. So it gon it gonna do that. That what he probably need to target it. And on the only gentleman had the Mustang, the older Mustang. On those cars, the vocal regulator built into the alternator. They are really bad about, after the house, they age a little bit, about sticking. He could take it and get it checked, but it's going to read. The alternator is okay, but when you cut it off, the vocal regulator do not discontinue like it's supposed to or shut down like it's supposed to. And therefore, all you have to do is unplug the vocal regulator and that would kind of like give him an idea as to whether that's the problem or
2: not. Yeah, the voltage regulator, that's a good one. Uh, maybe he's still listening and heard that. That's a really good tip. I'm not as familiar with the older cars, and the voltage regulators aren't a problem on many late v, v, late model vehicles. That's yeah. more of an older older car problem. So thanks for that tip. That's really good. Maybe that is what's happening on his.
4: Okay, thank you.
2: Oh, Freddie, we we love having
1: our callers like that. Thank you so much, Freddie. We really appreciate you. Thank you for calling in today. Let's now go to James, who's calling in from Columbus. How you doing, James? Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect.
6: Uh, happy birthday to y'all. Uh, I got a uh, 2002 Ford Expedition that I bought, and the truck was running crazy. But then it got where you go down the road and it run a while, and I guess it get hot and cut off. And, uh, but you could let it sit there for about 30 minutes, go back, hit the switch and crank right back up, and you could go for about another hour or two, and then when it get hot again, it looks like it cut off.
2: Was it overheating?
6: Uh, no, it's got plenty of water in it. It's got uh, everything, you know. I checked the oil, I checked everything. But uh, it, it just cut off, and then you can let it sit there for about 30 minutes and go back and get in it, and hit the switch, and crank right back up.
2: I wonder if your fuel pump's overheating for some reason. Do you run it low on gas a lot?
6: Uh, well, it run low a little bit, and I try not to run it low because they always told me that would burn a fuel pump up.
2: Right. But, uh, okay.
6: But uh, uh, So what I did was I took it home and parked it, and I went to move it to get the other car out, now i won 't crank it off.
2: That sounds like a fuel pump issue, but i 'm just guessing at that without looking at the car so that you know full disclosure there. but fuel pumps tend to taper off they don 't just stop most uh-huh. of the time they tend to taper off like that, so that kind of sounds like a fuel pump problem. Fuel pump. I'm just throwing that out there, though. But what you do is you make sure test your fuel pump. Like if you get down to your fuel pump, hook it up to power and see if it's working. If it if it's completely out, of course it won't work. You know, so okay. so diagnose it first before you completely. Well,
6: that that uh, let me ask you a question. That that crank sensor wouldn't have anything to do with that, would
2: it? Yes, it could, but it it um it usually wouldn't go intermittent. It would just completely stop working but um that usually you would code for a crank sensor i wouldn't replace it without uh, checking it first to make sure so really and truly to check a crank sensor you need to put it on a, a scan or scan tool yeah. and read a, yeah. the, the voltage coming from it so see if it's still reading so oh, that's the okay. proper way to do that but um, I'm, so my I'm guessing the fuel pump, but like with anything I say on here, um, if you can put power to the part, I always like to put power to the part and see if it's working.
1: James, we're so glad you called in. We're going to try to get one more call in now. Cindy, we're so glad you've called in. We've got one minute. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect.
10: Oh, hi. Um, I just had a comment on the uh, the lady that called in and was possibly having um, – you know, excessive gases coming up and doing weird things to our windshield. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got to thinking, you know, I'm from Vegas, and it gets like 114 sometimes in the summer. Yeah. And everybody there um, has these, and you just, they're a dashboard cover that is custom to your vehicle, and you, would that help her?
2: Oh, yeah, that's nice. I didn't yeah. think about that they had those available because we, you don't typically need them down here in the south, but I guess in hot weather, that's more common to see. And I don't think any gases could like get
10: through it that easily because it's made out of like carpet. Kind of, you can get you can choose yeah. your color, and you can tell them your vehicle, and they cut the they cut the holes exactly right for the vent and you know the glove compartment if it's up on the top. Oh, that's great. And that's a good you can get them online, and they aren't very expensive, and they keep the gas nice and cool. Cindy, thank thank you so much. much.
1: We hope that uh, Michelle was listening to that. That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White and Michelle McAdoo, for being on this wonderful year's birthday journey with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, and myself. You can follow Allison on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy Show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But, hey, join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB. Think Radio.